Welcome to Sunday Sermons and other recordings from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Davis, California. Please visit our website at www.uudavis.org for further information. so many people. I'm Emily Burstein, the worship associate today. And I'm Tamara Range. I have been a, um, I've been coming to UCD for 14 years and I am a proud member of your board. Welcome who come in friendship, who long for genuine community. May you be graciously received here as your authentic self. Welcome who come in curiosity, full of questions, or simply open. May you embrace wonder and encounter new delights. Welcome who come heavy with fatigue, weary from the troubles of the world or the troubles of your particular life. May you rest and be filled in this sacred space. Welcome who come with joy for flowing rivers and gentle breezes, for changing skies and great trees. May the grace of the world leave a lasting imprint in you. Welcome who come with thanks for the altruism of the earth and the gift of human care. May your grateful heart overflow and bless those around you. Come, Come let us celebrate together this wondrous life. To acknowledge all that is being held by the people in this room, we will light one pillar candle for the sorrows of the world, for the moments that weigh heavily on our hearts. We light one pillar candle for the joys of the world, for the moments of hope and celebration. And now I'm going to invite Will and Carrie to come down and light the chalice. So Carrie, who is almost nine, and Will, who is seven, are Allison Skinner's children. <laughs> they, they're wanting to light that candle, but you've got to wait just a sec. Will and Carrie are singing in the Sparklers Choir today, and they have two five-year-old brothers, Patrick and Aiden. Carrie loves playing softball, swimming, and rock climbing, as well as reading. And Will loves puzzles, games, reading, and playing with his siblings. And I can say with assurance that we're all very happy to meet them as Allison's children, who's our beloved choir director. So I'm going to help you guys light the candle. The flame arising from us. Thank you, guys. That was perfect. We gather knowing that the light can't reconstitute itself without each other. The cold of winter finds us. Leaning on each other, trusting each other, challenging each other. Only from this does the flame emerge. Today, may it rise again. So this, in case you didn't know, this is our Stewardship Sunday, and that was the sermon. That's it. 
and truly one of our best examples of giving and receiving. On September 9th, this past year, the congregation changed the title for the Reverend Morgan McLean to the Minister of Congregational Life. And Reverend Morgan's position is not, to remind everyone, some ministry of accomplishing tasks, but rather supporting and developing the programs and the vision of this whole congregation. And her primary areas of ministry include pastoral care, for the community of care that we might develop among us, for membership that we might create a community of connection, for lifespan learning to help us develop religious exploration for people of all ages, and small group ministry that we call Deep Listening Circles, creating a community of sharing. She leads us in what we can do for each other. In late summer, and uh, Morgan, you might stand up to show this great example of this whimsical stole. Marianne Robinson agreed to create a stole for Morgan that represents her ministry here, but it was kind of short notice, you know, just not quite enough time, so Marianne created this. And it's lovely, yes. We've been waiting for this Sunday to give her the stole that was intended. And so on this Sunday, our Stewardship Sunday, when we focus on the mission statement, we recognize the importance of Reverend Morgan's ministry among us as we fulfill that mission statement. And it's in your order of service too, to welcome each and all, cultivating the spirit, serving others in our quest for justice. And with that, I'd like Mary Ann to come forward with the... New stole. So I will take this off right now. Here come. There we go. So as I considered Morgan's role as Minister of Congregational Life um, and how to represent that in a stole, I took as my inspiration the you you hymn from you I receive. As many of you know, the hymn goes. From you I receive, to you I give, together we share, and from this we live. Morgan has a continuous relationship of giving and receiving with our congregation. And so the open hand represents this act of giving and receiving. We've also heard that Morgan is responsible for four areas in our congregation. And I used birds in flight to represent these four areas. Like birds, these er four areas are nurtured within the nest of our congregation. And also, like birds, the work in these four areas can take flight and bless the greater world um, and the community. On... The left side of the stole is the flaming chalice, the symbol of our UU faith. And all of this is placed on a background of the natural world for a few reasons. The first is to honor the interconnectedness of life. Second, environmental issues are very important to Morgan and have become especially pressing with Mertiel and having to consider the future that she has ahead of her. And finally, I wanted to honor um, Morgan's ministry in California. So 
We have the fields and the waterways of Yellow County and the Berryessa Gap, which she sees on her way to and from church. Wait, there's more. <laughs> on the back, there are pockets because Morgan has told me that she really appreciates a stole with pockets. And finally, a label, which I would like to read for you. The Unitarian Universalist Church of Davis welcomes Reverend Morgan McLean as our Minister of Congregational Life. And I get to welcome you one more time as my colleague, and this is a wonderful companionship. Yes. So thank you. Thank you. So the, you can all inspect this gorgeous, gorgeous stall um, at your leisure later today. And it is one sign of our... <laughs> <laughs> Our ministry together. <laughs> and so now with that, we will sing the children to their groups. Oh. <laughs> Everybody here who is part of my ministry. Indeed, I do have these four major areas and these birds of flight will uh, remind me and you of that. And um, I, I've said before that a stole is like, is like wearing a hug from the people that give it to you. So, um, so this, is, uh, this is our ministry together here. One of the most rewarding parts of my job is getting to witness the deepening connections within the church community. I want to tell you just a little bit about what I've seen in these areas of my ministry here. We are a potpourri of people living into the mission of this church. We come here with many different family backgrounds, diverse religious histories, we come here seeking a range of things from solitude to community, from spiritual exploration to academic learning. Some come here ready to lead. Others come hoping for an opportunity to step back. And yet we come. Our Caring Council members make phone calls and meals. They get together and they consider if we are connected with everybody and we hope to be. They make visits, they make connections, they host dinners for deepening conversations. Our quilters sew love into quilts and other items that bring warmth and comfort. Our Celebration of Life volunteers support grieving families by creating the space and attending to the details of the service and the reception at this tender time. All these acts create a strong web of care and love, and a web you can tug on it and it moves together and it holds you when you need it. Our membership team and our volunteers there work to create a community of connection. There's someone to greet you at the door, someone to welcome visitors. 
There are people to introduce new folks to the congregation and others who make treats for us to enjoy after the services. There are people who follow up and check in one-on-one and people who host circle dinners and potlucks for bigger groups. Most recently, there's a team of volunteers who are taking the time to get people signed up on Realm so that we can be connected in new ways. And then there's our Lifespan Learning Program, and this invites people of all ages to explore our UU values and our history and the ways that we make meaning in our lives. Occasionally, our children and youth come together for a program or for some social service, like when we did uh, Sunday school at Farm Davis. It is so rewarding to see generations come together to learn together. And adults come together, too, to get a taste of theology, a history lesson, or to learn a new spiritual practice. And then my uh, fourth bird here is our small group ministry program and our deep listening groups. These groups create a place for sharing in a way that's different for most people. I have seen these groups change lives. In them, we have committed facilitators who create the space for participants to listen deeply to others without judgment, without planning a response. Where else do you have a chance to just be present to someone else? In all of these ways, we ask you to participate that when it is your turn, you will share deeply. You will open your hearts and minds to connection, to care, to belonging. You will trust that we will hold you in the uniqueness of who you are. There is so much that happens here, and it takes all of us to create this community and make space for the many ways that people make meaning in their lives. Amen. So now what we've learned is how many people have memorized their song. And to know that our AV team is doing the very best they can back there. They have many things to juggle today. And um, Alexander is not with us. And we learned that just, you know, shortly, not just right before the service, but not long ago. And so our team is um, really working hard to... Uh, do videos, which you'll see, and lyrics and images, all kinds of things, because we thought, this is Stewardship Sunday. We're really going to bring it on. (laughs) And so our poor AV team is back there saying, oh, boy, they really brought it on. So if, if, um, I was going to say, if God, God is willing, uh, this is the wrong denomination for that. If the AV, if the AV gods are willing, um, whatever happens out there in cyberspace, then we will have an opportunity to hear um, Jackie Levia Conklin um, give what we're calling, a, you know, it's a deepening experience so you can see what's behind the scenes a little bit with Worship Associates. And there she is. Hi, my name is Jackie Leva Conklin, and I am a second-year worship associate here, 
and Reverend Beth asked me to share a bit about the experience that it's been for me. It's been wonderful, and I'm sorry that I can't be here in person today, but I wanted to share with you some of the things that are really memorable. Starting the program, um, I remember sitting in the congregation hall and looking at the bulletin and seeing this short blurb talking about, are you interested in being a worship associate? And the notice that the program might be ending and this might be your last chance. And so I and I think seven other um, people volunteered that year and it was one of the largest groups to be worship associates together. And it was so enjoyable. The first training was all day long. It was intense. It was writing training to learn how to write uh, personal experience. And so I was sitting in the group and we would listen to each other's stories. And all I could write about that day was what I was feeling, which was my heart was racing and I was scared to write and scared to speak it out loud, but I knew I wanted to do it. And, um, I remember that the feedback that I got was, this, that's very meta. And I didn't end up using that piece, but I did learn to be able to think about a situation and think about what I saw, what I smell, what I heard, how did it feel, and to be able to take an experience and bring it in a way that I could share it with other people. And that was one of my goals. I've always wanted to share my thoughts and that was something that was really sacred for me in a way that others could understand and we had multiple trainings on that we also had trainings on improvisation um, to learn how to be in the moment and how to say yes to everything because even though it may look like things are going exactly as planned um, up in front oftentimes it's not and it requires a fluidity and kind of like a dance and um each of the trainings, how to read a poem, how to speak in a clear way with diction and not finish off your sentences um, like a machine gun. And so um, there's a lot that you can learn and grow from. We get to work with the reverends and have the opportunity to receive their feedback about um, the content and the delivery. Um, it's been a wonderful experience. One of my favorite ones um, last fall, we did the anti, um, anti-Columbus Day, and we researched and we read and we read books and researched the the local history of of the different tribes and the history of Mondavi Center and. Um, we worked really hard to understand the best that we could, the information that was available. And then we dug in deep to our own personal experiences. And I am from the Michigan region, and that's the Anishinaabe region. And I have my own baggage that I carry of, you know, adopted parents and not really knowing a lot about my history, but also feeling it so deep. And I was able to bring that truthfully to the table and tell a story uh, about a Miwok woman that I, I met um, about 70 miles here from Davis. And each experience for me, each time that I do a service, what I notice that I get is that there is something within me that is just waiting to be listened to, waiting to have a voice. And through being a worship associate, I get the opportunity not only to listen to it myself, 
and then to put an aspect of it into a service that I can share with others and then be witnessed by others. And what I notice is when I speak with people afterwards, the connection, the communication is so much stronger. Um, it has grown my experience of being in the Unitarian Universalist Church here immensely for me and for my family. Um, it has built community, it has built bridges. Um, it's been a, a phenomenal thing. And not only for what I get for me as what I speak, but then also when I hear the other um, worship associates speak. Last week when Megan Kelly spoke, I was just so moved and her message was exactly what I needed to hear. And that's the thing that I find um, so unique is that each congregant has something to offer. And by bringing everybody's personal experiences to the pulpit, we get to receive something that we wouldn't receive if they didn't show up. And so it's been about that for me, showing up, um, learning to be vulnerable, learning to show the parts that are not always easy to be shown. Um, it's been an amazing journey. I've been so grateful for it. I'm grateful to um, everybody at the church for having it be a program that's available. And um, I thank you for my time and have a great day. So Jackie indeed was sorry that she couldn't be here and prepared that video in her stead. This kind of programming is what you make possible. I sound like I'm on NPR. It's uh, <laughs> exactly the phrase they use. Um, seems to work for them. Um, and so your support, financial and otherwise, in this congregation means that I think it's somewhere like 55 or 60 people have gone through this program in our congregation overall. So we've had different people sitting up in front here today, Tamara, saying, gee, this feels familiar. It's because she was a worship associate um, previously, and it still feels kind of comfortable for her. And the same um, the same thing for Lily, who said, oh, yeah, I'm back in my role again, which she'll be speaking later today. So thank you all to allow this program to happen, where we bring in UC Davis writing coaches and people uh, train. Um, Kirk does poetry reading and teaching people how to memorize poetry and how to present it and so many other trainings. We have improv actresses come in and work with the associates so they know what to do when well, you know, when the AV team is doing their very best and there are no lyrics. I mean, how do you, what do you do with that? You go on, right? And you, you are thankful. So, thank you for that program, everyone. Well, I'm here to tell you about Bill Maurer, who is an anthropologist at the University of California, Irvine. And he studies two of my favorite things. One is money and the other is relationships. And it's true. Um, if I could study anything, it would be those two things. He has a special interest in the importance of relatively new technology and cutting-edge technology. It's called financial technology. Like the kiosk in the entryway of our social hall, he would find that infinitely interesting in a good way. And smartphone payments, and even these old-fashioned things called gift cards. He's interested in platforms like GoFundMe and how they can connect people and have people help each other. And we have something called Faithify as Unitarian Universalists. And we put forward programs that promote our 
values in the world. And we received one for $8,500 in this congregation for the undocumented students over on campus a few years ago. Bill Maurer studied how these technologies changed the lives of people in 40 different countries, and a few of them are Kenya, Haiti, Dominican Republic, Cuba, Ethiopia, South Africa, Mexico, the Philippines. Usually these countries are in the southern hemisphere of our planet. And Maurer feels that people at the margins... So not exactly the first world countries and often places in the southern hemisphere have approaches that are insightful and innovative. The culture found in these countries around money and giving and receiving, plus his studies about the way money has been used for all of history help him to understand how money and other kinds of exchange function in our relationships, in communities. In the mid-1980s, Bill Maurer was a student at Vassar College, and he was responsible for paying for his own college expenses. He paid for his freshman year by taking out loans and enrolling in work-study programs. So this is something that a lot of people can relate to. As he transitioned into his second year, he was surprised to receive a letter congratulating him for receiving the Hager Scholarship Award. This award replaced both his financial aid package and his student loans. It was an interest-free loan, and the letter ended by saying that he had a moral obligation to repay. And they weren't talking about repaying the loan. They were talking about repaying the kindness and the obligation to help others. So, you know, his mom encouraged him. He said, should I do it? And his mom said, do it. Accept this award. He graduated. He went on to attend graduate school, and he became a professor, now at Irvine, as we know. And at the end of this long educational process, he remembered that it was not complete yet, He had agreed to accept an outstanding moral obligation. Well, Bill Maher has studied the cultural history of money from antiquity to modern times. I took a look at it, six volumes, A Cultural History of Money, published in 2019. I did not read it. (laughs) But he edited all six volumes. He said that We thought that money came into being because of an exchange. I give you this, you give me that. But he said that has been proven false. The exchange of gestures of kindness and things of value was not simply done as a form of economic barter of one thing exchanged for another. Now, of course, when I sold my old Saturn car to someone in Nevada, that was just an economic exchange. But we're talking about building a community. The exchange of gestures of kindness and money is about human relationships and our emotional connection. I want you to think about all the ways today in this service we are experiencing some form of exchange that's happening from the music onward. 
Within a community, exchanges create the potential for enduring relationships. Of course, there's risk, but there is the potential of an enduring relationship. And as an anthropologist, Bill Maurer and others feel that there is a responsibility to create that community, to give, to receive, and to reciprocate in some way. It's a sign that both the giver and the receiver are making a promise to be there for each other. It's easiest to use Bill Maher's example of giving as a relationship builder than for me to make up one here for you out of our community, actually. One of the valuable objects used as currency in New Guinea is a particular kind of large and beautiful shell. And when it's given by one family to another, and usually that's done when there's a marriage, it's a message to everyone that the two families now have a very special relationship. And it's likely that in the future, they will continue to exchange many things long into the future. It doesn't mean that the family receiving the shell will give something in return that is very specific. Maurer explains that the preciousness of the gift is a sign. It's the preciousness of the gift. That's the sign that I believe and trust that someday when I need help, well, your family will be there for my family. I don't necessarily expect a sheep, a sheep in return for this shell that I give. But maybe you'll help me bring in the crops before it rains. Or on another day, you may need something too. And we will create this sustaining relationship of helping. You can see how this could work. It isn't a tool to create guilt or shame. Somehow that got entered into our equation by our culture. Originally, it is about building relationships with one another and signs of trust and caring. Multiply this sense of giving what is of value to others beyond two families, beyond a marriage, to a much larger community. And the result is a community of connection and caring Oh, UUCD board, hear these words. The result is a community of connection and caring, an interconnected web of fulfilling an outstanding moral obligation that never ends. Each gift given does not result in receiving one specific thing, but benefits the whole larger family and community, maybe not right now, But think of it as an investment. Think of all of our investments that you will bear witness to today. We are investing all the time to support each other in times of need, to celebrate with each other in times of joy, to know the influence and power of many people working together when we could not make a difference alone, Investing in a place where people of all ages can hear each other sing about love is love, is love, is love. Investing in remembering the importance of a love that reaches out across the miles and across the years, which we will recognize shortly. 
and to provide a place where many people are encouraged to live into their potential. There are not many places like this for all ages in our world today, in this society. Although the amounts of time and talent and money as a whole to the congregation matters, what is even more important is the spirit of the gift. Through this process, we are made larger than any one person. We are made stronger than we believed possible. And we can live with more hope together. And so we sing of hope. So I invite you to take a deep breath because we're going to go into a time of reflection, a little time of being together in quiet, not silence, because whenever I say silence, I know my stomach is going to growl. I'm just going to go into some quiet. And this is a time when we rest together in the quiet, which is in itself an act of trust to hear a still, small voice within and to remember our own joys and our own sorrows. Spirit of life, your very presence among us is what gives us connection. Help us to sense that beneath our feet is the strength we need to keep us grounded. Help us to feel that behind our back is the protection we need to feel safe when facing our fears. Help us to know that before our eyes lies the beauty we seek to feel astounded. Help us to lift our heads high enough to be aware of the vastness of our sky and of our spirit. And help us to know that within our hearts lies the love we need to complete the circle of connection in our lives. We are grateful, Spirit of Love, for this day. May we use all these gifts, our feet, our backs, our eyes, our heads, and our hearts, to bring love to this hurting world, this world which we so value, which we cherish. These words by Anne Mason. May I be filled with loving kindness. More connection across the miles. We have three babies who were born to interns. Here we go. Ministers together. Three babies. Three past interns. Lots of babies. And so... The first baby, and we'll see if we have pictures there. Um, That's the second baby, but that's cool. Devlin, this is... Devlin Elliot Kohlberg, born to Caitlin Cotter Kohlberg and Asher Kohlberg. Last month. Last month. And? Let's see, there should be another. Uh Uh-huh. Eden Lord Hutt Horan 
born to Karen Hutt and Ashley Horan a couple of days ago. <laughs> and soon to be born to Danny and Matt Lindstrom will be Harvey James to come in June. Yeah, early June. And so we will bless these quilts and just invite you to raise your hands and gesture moving love in the direction of these beautiful quilts that will be packaged up with the cards that are out there for you to sign with their names on them. We'll package them up and send them this week. These quilts were stitched together with hands that believe in the power of love. They were created by hands that know the power of giving a gift. All these colors and these designs come from those who know that beauty is how we put the world together, no matter what circumstances the world has placed before us. May the babies who receive these quilts, all three, know that no matter what we are given in life, we can be strong and creative, that it is possible to take pieces of goodness and make a whole that was previously unimagined. May this beautiful work of art bring dreams of play, learning, and hope, and caring. A blessing on these quilts and the hands that made them and the children who will be cuddled within them every day and every night. And these quilts were made by our quilting group. And you can come and enjoy them later. Thank you. This, too is our community. And there's more. Mm-hmm. I have to do invitations to go. Good afternoon. <clears throat> or almost. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> as a worship associate, I loved working with the interns, so it led me to work on the intern and campus ministry team the last couple of years. And I'm happy to report that we have found an intern, yay! And if we can get his picture up there, there we go. Uh, Leonard or Lynn Hayward will be joining us in mid-August for being our campus and intern minister. So we're very excited to have him. So I'm going to talk about him a little bit so you can get to know him before he gets here. People come to the ministry over various paths and at different points in their lives. Lynn's first career was as a computer scientist. He was born in the Bay Area, and his life has taken him to the other coast and back here again. Lynn and his late wife, Carol, were American Baptists when they enrolled in the Andover Newton Theology School in 2005. Completing his Master in Divinity, they became team ministry in a pursuit of a more progressive and inclusive theology. Lynn's references described him as quiet, gentle, and nurturing, and a good listener, and a collaborative problem solver, and a hugger if it was okay. (laughs) They painted a picture of his journey from seminary school to lay clergy. As a resident hall leader and student body president, He brought the students together. He created space for dialogue for students of all faiths. And in his various church roles since, he's been a choir member for 12 years. He was on the the chair of the worship committee for the UU Church in Riverside. He's been a worship leader, a labyrinth developer and creator, and much more. 
Lynn's call to ministry led him to our door as he aspires to be a UU parish minister. He wants to engage in environmental justice because he loves to open minds and hearts to the natural world. He is also an initiated druid. He shared that he has a wicked sense of humor, and he's the proud minion of his cats, Fujin and Raijin. His sermons will no doubt be interesting, if not inspirational. Lynn has taught religious exploration to elementary and middle school students, as well as adults. In the coming year, he will team up with his former seminary teammate, classmate, Reverend Morgan, to expand this RE experience. And Reverend Beth will supervise Lynn as he learns about policy-based governance and the role of the UU minister. Thus, he will expand his knowledge and experience within our UU tradition. And the intern and campus ministry team will support Lynn with monthly meetings and evaluating constructive feedback and securing meals for his weekly meetings and ministry with the UC Davis students. But most importantly, this congregation will support and nurture him through his growth, and we will welcome and encourage him over the coming year. Thank you. We extinguish the pillar candle symbolizing our sorrows. May they be lighted by our time together. And we extinguish the pillar candle symbolizing our joys. May we take our themes of love and generosity with us through this coming week. And we extinguish the chalice, hoping that messages of strength and courage go with us into the community. And thank you, Chalice Choir. Wow, you're fabulous. Rocking it. Thank you, Allison. Thank you, Lou. Thank you, Johnny. These words by Bernadette Burns. For the mindful, may we sing the praises of Earth's beauty and honor the unique songs of all beings. For all of us in our community and our world, may we sing to the morning and evening stars as they guide our journeys. And let this congregation say amen. Amen. And cheers for the AV team who did a very complicated service on very little notice.